you are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. Welcome in. Happy Friday. Hope you're all doing well out there in the Auburn Opelika area. If you're in Birmingham or Sylacauga, across the state of Alabama and across the country. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. It's been a cloudy morning. Sun is out and shining. Still some clouds in the sky, but no rain or anything. Supposed to be a beautiful weekend here in the Auburn Opelika area. I hope you have some great plans for over the weekend. Maybe you're going to watch some Auburn baseball. Maybe you're hanging out with the family. Whatever you're doing, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Hope it's been a great week for you as well. Thank you for tuning in here to the Friday edition of On the Line. Great show on tap for you today. If you've missed any of our previous shows, make sure you find the podcast. Just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. You can call in and be a part of the show today at any time. I would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. That's the number to put you through to me if you have a comment, concern about anything going on in the sports world, anything that we're talking about here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Also, little update for you. We are 113 days away from college football in the college football season. 113 days from today until September 3rd. Just a little update for you because it starts right now. The countdown starts today. I'm officially starting it. 113 days until college football. It'll go fast, folks. Believe me. It'll be here before we know it. We can't wait until football season rolls around. But a great show on tap for you today. Let's jump right into it. Yesterday, we started the show with the commitment and announcement of Julian Phillips, the five-star wing coming out of high school, the 12th-ranked player in the country highest rated player to yet to commit and we carried it live here on the show courtesy of cbs sports hq and we expected him to pick auburn he was he was predicted to pick auburn auburn was the favorite and he chose to play at tennessee he chose rick barnes in tennessee you know that but here's the question why why did julian phillips choose tennessee over auburn Why did he choose Rick Barnes over Bruce Pearl? Why did he choose the Tennessee basketball program in the Tennessee school versus the Auburn basketball program and the Auburn school? Why did Julian Phillips pick Tennessee over Auburn? And there's multiple ways to go about this. There's the reasons that he picked Tennessee. There's the difference in the programs. This also leaves Auburn in a weird spot right there's multiple different ways to go on this and so here's what we're going to touch on when it comes to why in you know why did Julian Phillips pick Tennessee and how this affects Auburn okay we've got the reasons that he picked Tennessee over Auburn we're going to compare the programs of what Tennessee is right now versus what Auburn is right now 
I'm going to tell you what Auburn should do with this open scholarship spot that they planned on filling with Julian Phillips now that they are still scrambling and looking for someone to fill that spot and then wrapping it all together at the end. So why did Julian Phillips pick Tennessee over Auburn? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, NIL money played a major factor here, right? NIL, something we've talked about quite a bit, something that has been talked about across the country, has played a major role in all commitments, in all recruits, and all transfer portal guys. NIL, and in all sports, NIL has just taken control of where players go, why they go to certain schools, and everything like that. That is what is controlling college athletics, college recruiting, and college transfer portal right now. And it will continue to do so. But I think that was one of the major reasons here with Julian Phillips. There's reports that Auburn was not able to match Tennessee's NIL deal. There's also reports that Auburn was able to match Tennessee's NIL deal. I'm not sure 100%, and there's some numbers floating around about what Julian Phillips took money-wise to go to the, to the University of Tennessee, right? There's some numbers floating around, and it's pretty high. It's pretty high. And it obviously spoke to him. It obviously spoke to him. It was enough money for him to say, I want to play at Tennessee. And it was also enough money, not just that he picked Tennessee. It was also enough money that he said, I don't want to go to the G League or I don't want to go to overseas elite. I want to go play college basketball. I think that's a big part of this too. He didn't just choose Tennessee over Auburn. He chose college over professional. I think that's a big a big deal here. I think that's a major issue. Not in a bad way. I think it's a major talking point. I think this, if you're looking for a bright side to NIL when it comes to college basketball, I think this will start making guys consider college versus G League. I think it will. Remember Jalen Green, who Auburn was expected to get or trying to get, and then he signed with the G League because of money purposes, because he wanted to go and make some money before going to the pros? I think NIL may start preventing that. If you are worried about high school athletes choosing professional over college, I think this is going to save it. And I think the Julian Phillips situation was the exact same. He's going to make more money off the NIL than he would his first year or two in the G League now. So I think that played a major, far, or a major, you know, a major factor in it that he is able to get a, a very hefty paycheck playing college basketball. But then he also picked, he didn't just pick college over professional, he picked Tennessee over Auburn. I think another major factor was the playing time. Look at Auburn's roster. Look at Auburn's roster. Look at the talent on Auburn's team compared to Tennessee. The minutes are going to be very spread out on this Auburn team. Whereas if somebody with Julian Phillips type talent goes to Tennessee, he's going to be a day one starter. Would Julian Phillips even be a starter on Auburn's team right now? That's a legitimate question. Would he be a, would he be a day one starter? I don't know. Would he start over Allen Flanagan at the three? I'm not too sure. Depends on how he played leading up to the season, I guess. But if he goes to Tennessee, there's a pretty good chance he will be a day one starter. That impact player, right? So I think playing time was a big part of it as well for Julian Phillips to pick Tennessee over Auburn. 
in his commitment yesterday in the video that we were able to play here on on the line when we opened up the show he talked about his relationship with Rick Barnes the head coach at Tennessee he talked about that relationship and how he he really respected and, and enjoyed that relationship that Julian Phillips himself had with Rick Barnes he talked about that in his commitment is that legit maybe maybe not may have just been something to say to where people didn't ask well was it NIL is that the reason you went to Tennessee maybe that was a cover-up answer or maybe he really did have a has a really good relationship with Rick Barnes maybe he does Maybe he has a really good relationship with Rick Barnes. Maybe he does have a good relationship with the other coaches on the staff. Maybe he really liked Tennessee. Maybe he really liked the campus. Maybe he liked the big arena, right? Maybe he liked all those things, but maybe he didn't. Maybe that's just him talking. Could be. The only person that knows is him and probably his family. Tennessee may know it too. They're not going to say, yeah, the only reason we got him is is because we forked over a lot of money in NIL. They're not going to say that, but neither is he. So I think those are your reasons of why he picked Auburn, or why he picked Tennessee over Auburn, excuse me. I think that's why. I think NIL, playing time, and he talked about his relationship with Rick Barnes, and you can believe that or not, that's up to you. You can believe it or not, that's up to you. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but I do think the first two are some of the major reasons why he picked Tennessee over Auburn. But when you compare these two programs now with Julian Phillips, as they stand right now, the Tennessee basketball program and the Auburn basketball program, which one, when you think about that, which one is ahead in your mind? Which one would you say, yeah, they're the bigger threat to win a national championship right now than the other one? Which one is putting more guys in the NBA than the other one? It's, it's Auburn. It's got to be Auburn. Look at who Auburn's putting in the NBA. Remember what I said yesterday? You've got to be able to guarantee wins, championships, and development, which means putting guys in the league. Auburn's doing that right now. Tennessee is a little bit, right? Tennessee is a little bit, but I think Auburn is just getting started with putting guys in the NBA. Isaac Okoro's in there. Chuma Okiki's in there. You've got some guys like Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, trying to make their trying to make their presence felt in some of the lower levels of professional NBA. They're trying to get there. But look who's going to the draft this year. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. Those guys are going to the NBA. Jabari Smith is going to be a top three pick. Could be number one overall. Walker Kessler is late first round, early second round. And Auburn just replaced them on this current team right now. Auburn's going to put two or three guys in the league next year. And I think Auburn's going to continue to do that over the next 10 to 15 years. I don't see this slowing down at all. Can Tennessee say that? I don't know. I think Tennessee can put one or two guys in there here and there. But I don't see Tennessee putting two, three, four guys in the NBA consistently. I think Auburn has hit that point. And I think Auburn's going to get there, and Auburn's going to continue to do that. So when you compare the program, not just the current teams, you got to compare the programs. And I propose the question, which coach at their school is going to win a national championship first, Rick Barnes at Tennessee or Bruce Pearl at Auburn? Which one wins a national championship first and why? I think it's Bruce Pearl. 
and Auburn? Or does neither one of them win a national championship? I think that could be a legitimate option too. I think that could be a legitimate option too because we've seen the flaws in both coaches. I think Tennessee can't quite get the talent that they need, which is surprising, but you've seen them make some runs. I think they're just missing the, the talent from 1 to 12. right? I think they're missing the talent throughout the entire roster versus Auburn, especially in the last couple of years. They've had the talent, but I think Bruce Pearl's coaching strategies and coaching methods have hurt this team at times. I really do. I think so. And so, which one wins a national championship first? Bruce Pearl at Auburn or Rick Barnes at Tennessee? If I had to pick, I'm going to say Bruce Pearl at Auburn. I think he's going to pull more talent than Tennessee. I think he's a better coach than Rick Barnes. I just think Auburn's a better basketball program than Tennessee. Historically, no. Right? Historically, obviously not. But in the last five years, which team's been to a Final Four? Which team's had better recruits? Which team's putting more, which program, should I say, has put more guys in the league? Which one has had lottery picks? Which one's about to have a top three draft pick? It's Auburn. And so, yes, Julian Phillips picked Tennessee because it probably benefited him the most when it comes to NIL money, playing time, relationships. Sure, and that's all important stuff. I'm not saying that's not important because it is important. But... If you want to go to a school and get to the NBA right now and you want to get better as a basketball player right now and you want to start competing, really competing for championships and you're looking for a school in the SEC, how would you not go to Auburn? Right? How would you not go to Auburn? Or Kentucky. Kentucky's right there too. Right? I mean, it's the same situation. I think Auburn's getting to that point. I really do. So when you start comparing the two programs – I would I would put Auburn above Tennessee, but again, Phillips chose Tennessee, and I think he did it for those reasons we've talked about, and I think that's why. Is it the best move for him? Probably. Uh, he made it for a reason. Is Auburn upset that they didn't get him? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Auburn's upset they didn't get him. They obviously wanted him, and they've got that one scholarship spot available, and so now where do they go with that? Where does Auburn go with that scholarship spot? There's a couple of options. You could still try to get a shooter out of the transfer portal because that's what Auburn needs, and that's what they have said they needed. Auburn still needs a shooter, folks. They've got talent on this team, but who's going to be the guy that can step up and knock down a three-point shot when you need it? Who's going to be the Bryce Brown of this team? Who's it going to be? Because I don't know who it is on this team right now. It could be Wendell Green. It could be Zeb Jasper. It could be somebody else. But Auburn's got to either, they've got to find it on this current roster or they've got to go to the transfer portal and find a guy to fill that last scholarship spot because I think they were banking pretty hard that Julian Phillips was going to fill that last spot and obviously that's not happening anymore. But Auburn doesn't necessarily have to do that. Auburn doesn't necessarily have to fill that scholarship spot. They've got enough talent to where technically you can sit on the scholarship and you don't have to fill it. There's some type of penalty. I'm not 100% sure what that is, but you don't have to technically fill it. But if you're Auburn, why not try to? You've got it open. Why not at least try to find a dark horse, a diamond in the rough, if you will, in the transfer portal 
that can help your team out down the stretch. Again, at this point, it's May 13th. Friday. Oh, happy Friday the 13th, by the way. If it's, if it's May 13th, are you going to find somebody in the portal that's just unbelievable, just can't even be contained type of talent? No. But you can find a guy that fits your team, your program, and your system that can really benefit your team down the stretch. A guy that you can bring in when you need a bucket. Or a guy that you can bring in when the whole team is struggling to give you a spark. A guy that has some energy. A guy that can make your team better. And does the, does the, the small things right. That's the type of player you can find in the portal right now. And so I think that's where Auburn can go. They missed out on Julian Phillips. You got to move on. It's over. You missed out on him. Oh, well. You're not hurting for talent. You're not hurting for, for good players on your team. You've still got one of the best coaches in all of college basketball, but where do you go for that scholarship spot? You either hit the, hit the portal again and try to find a dark horse, try to find a guy that can make you better but's not going to be a five-star in the portal, or you just sit on it and wait and just say, look, let's just run with the team we've got right now. That's kind of where, where Auburn sits right now. If you find somebody that you just think is, is really, really good for your system, sure, go after him. But other than that, you know, if he, I think if you're Auburn, if he's not just like a perfect fit, I mean, I guess don't force it, but you could also, if you find somebody that you think, hey, we could probably develop this guy a little bit. We could probably make him into what we want him to be. You could convince him to come to Auburn and say, hey, we got a scholarship for you. Come play for us. I think you could probably do that. I think you could probably get somebody like that in the portal. And Stephen Pearl, who does most of the transfer portal work for Auburn basketball, does a fantastic job. He has an entire system. I've talked to him about it before. He has an entire system that he uses, advanced metrics, and he uses that. He uses a bunch of different numbers and equations and all of this stuff to find players. And he finds them in the portal. He runs their numbers through the system. And if it doesn't match up, he doesn't even reach out because he knows they have to fit a certain criteria if they're going to work on, this, on the team and in this program. I think that's really interesting. I'm sure they're not the only ones to do that. But that's definitely what Auburn does because Auburn runs a, a specific type of team, a specific type of offense and defense. It's unique. It's different. So you have to be able to fit that. Can Auburn find that in the transfer portal to fill that last scholarship spot that they missed out with on Julian Phillips? We're going to find out. So again, why did Julian Phillips pick Tennessee over Auburn? I think it's NIL, playing time. Whether you buy the Rick Barnes relationship with him or not, that's up to you. Auburn, as a program, They're putting guys in the league more than Tennessee. I think Auburn's going to win a national championship before Tennessee does. And so that's why I'm a little confused by him picking Tennessee. But again, money and playing time, they speak. They speak big time. Auburn's putting guys in the league at a consistent basis. So if that's what you're looking for, I think Auburn's still a great place to go. Auburn's got a chance to fill a scholarship spot. Where do they go? Who do they go after? Or do they even fill it at all? Those are all concerns for Auburn basketball. But at the end of the day, this team's still going to be really good. They still have a chance to be the best in the SEC. Don't stress it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you missed out on a great player who would have been a fantastic addition to this team, but it's not the end of the world. And I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again. Tennessee needed Julian Phillips. Auburn didn't need him. Tennessee, they needed him. 
They needed Julian Phillips. And they did what they had to do to get him. Auburn would have been a great addition for him, but Tennessee needed him as a basketball program. We're off and running here on the Friday edition of On the Line. If you want to call in, be a part of the show, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Let's head to our first break of hour number one. You're listening to the Friday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. Hope you're all doing well. I appreciate you tuning in. However you do so, I appreciate you tuning into the Friday edition of On the Line. Some former Auburn football player news. Jared Stidham, of course, one of the uh, one of the better Auburn quarterbacks to come through the system over the last few years. He has been in the NFL. He got drafted by the New England Patriots, and he was Tom Brady's backup uh, for just a, just a little bit before Brady took off for Tampa Bay. And look, Stidham had his a few chances. He played in some preseason stuff, got in a little bit, uh, but then of course. The Patriots drafted Mac Jones from Alabama. He has been the starter since he got drafted, and Jarrett Stidham has been traded from the Patriots to the Las Vegas Raiders. He will go out to Las Vegas. He was uh, included in a trade between the Patriots and the Raiders. And, you know, it, it's, it's tough because Jarrett Stidham, he was a fantastic quarterback. He really is, and he really was. He had a really good arm. I thought he was a very pass, a very good passing quarterback. I mean, I, it sounds weird to say, but he was. He came from the Big Twelve. He came from Baylor, if you remember. He transferred from Baylor to Auburn and had some legendary games with Auburn. He was part of that legendary season where Auburn beat Georgia and Alabama. He was there for that, but. And then he gets drafted to the NFL, and he really just hasn't been able to break through. He's had a couple of chances and just wasn't able to do so. He did just have a kid. Uh, he did just have his first child. So if you keep up with him on social media, he did just have his first child. But back to football. He, you know, he, he came to Auburn looking for some more I mean some more playing time. That's when everything had gone down with the Baylor program, and he transferred to Auburn. And Auburn fans were really excited about him because he had a lot of potential. He had some good highlights at Baylor. He had a lot of potential. He came to Auburn, had some great seasons, and then he got drafted and just hasn't really gotten able to break through in the NFL. And I think Auburn's to blame for that, if I'm being honest. Auburn is to blame for Jarrett Stidham not getting better as a quarterback. He was pretty good when he showed up, okay? He was pretty good when he showed up but there's one thing about Auburn and the Auburn football program over the last few years it has been it's been the place where quarterbacks go to die and I I say that because quarterbacks over the past over the past what 10 to 15 years at Auburn if you weren't good when you showed up you weren't going to be successful if you weren't good when you showed up you weren't going to get any better when you were here look at Bo Nix Bo Nix was here for four years, and he didn't get better, except a little bit last year when Harson showed up. But his first three years, he didn't get any better. He was the same quarterback when he walked in as when he left. Now he's at Oregon. And I guarantee, 
He gets better at Oregon this year. I guarantee he's a great quarterback at Oregon. Will they be like a playoff contender? I don't know. But I think he'll be better out there than he was at Auburn. Jared Stidham is sort of the same situation. He was pretty good when he came to Auburn. Yeah, he had some issues, but he won Auburn some football games, folks. And he won Auburn some big football games. Him and and everybody around him. But he was a good quarterback when he got here. But he didn't get any better. He didn't get any better when he was here. And I think that hurt him because he didn't develop more and he wasn't truly ready for the NFL. And you see it you see it now. You see why he hasn't become anything. I think he was the perfect type of quarterback to be drafted by the New England Patriots. He was a backup to Tom Brady. And what better place to be for a quarterback behind Tom Brady? And I think I think Jared Stidham fit Bill Belichick and the Patriots really well, but he just wasn't – he didn't have that next step. He, didn't, he never took that next step to be NFL ready. And I think Auburn was to blame for that. I was – I'll be really honest. I was really confused when Jarrett Stidham transferred from Baylor to Auburn. I said, why? I was excited. Don't get me wrong. I was excited because he was good. I knew he was good. And he was going to give Auburn a good chance to be successful, and he did. But – if he was truly looking to go to the NFL and truly looking for a professional career in football, I don't know if Auburn was the place to do it as a quarterback. I just don't think it was, and I think it hurt him. I really do. I think it hurt him playing at Auburn, and oh, I'm glad that he came here. I'm glad that he was at Auburn for some memorable games and some memorable seasons, but I really do think it hurt him in his professional career, and he just got traded from the Patriots to the Raiders, We'll see. We'll see what if he's a second or third string in Las Vegas. Maybe he can kind of break through somehow out there or maybe, you know, play good enough to get traded to another team where he can become a starter. There's a lot of different options here. But Jarrett Stidham traded from the Patriots to the Raiders, former Auburn quarterback. And again, I really think it hurt his career and his development as a quarterback coming to play for Auburn. I hate to say that, but I think it's true. I think there was a lot of other schools that were a pass-first type of offense that he could have really benefited because Auburn wasn't that type of offense. The offense just didn't really fit him. The offense didn't fit him, and he didn't fit the offense. And I think that really hurt Jared Stidham here at Auburn. But he's traded from the Patriots to the Raiders. We wish him all the best and hope that he has a successful NFL career. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have Lindsey Crosby, host of the Locked On MLB Prospects and writer for Auburn Baseball for Auburn Daily. He'll be on next. Stay tuned. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. Friday the 13th, so if you're a little superstitious out there, it is Friday the 13th, the only one this year, fun fact, it is the only one this year, so I don't believe in it, I don't think anything bad's going to happen, so I hope you're having a great day, even though it is Friday the 13th, thank you so much for tuning in to the Friday edition of On the Line, we're halfway through hour number one. We have a new guest on the show, Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects and a writer uh, about Auburn baseball for Auburn Daily. Lindsey, thank you so much for coming on uh, on short notice as well. We appreciate you, man. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk ball. 
Well, let's talk some Auburn baseball because they have a big series this weekend at home against Alabama starting tonight over at Plainsman Park. The last home series in SEC play of the season for Auburn. Uh, just talking about you know the last few games for this Auburn team. Of course, they lost at home against Arkansas last week. Uh, what was your thoughts coming out of that series coming into this series tonight? It's really funny because when they started that stretch two weekends ago of – uh, at Tennessee and then home for Arkansas, we were saying, you know, if you can pick up one game each weekend against those teams, exactly. you're probably in a pretty good place. And then at the end of those two weekends, you look back and you're like, we only picked up one game against both of those teams because Auburn was in it all weekend. And so even though they only won one game against Arkansas, one game against Tennessee, I think this this Auburn baseball team showed that they belong in that conversation for Better half of the, you know better teams in the SEC postseason seeding and ultimately hosting a regional at Plainsman Park. And Lindsay, you talk about those games that Auburn was in but was not able to pull through and get the victory against some top tier talent. How does Auburn overcome and get some of those victories, especially coming into postseason play in a couple of weeks? So one of the big things that I feel like hurt Auburn in that Arkansas series, and then again in Tennessee series, was. Uh, not having the back of the bullpen settled. We just, we've seen this blueprint all year of Carson Skipper and then Blake Burkhalter out of the bullpen for Auburn. We've had weekends where they threw all three games, but that was your common uh, game one after your starter came out. You'd see those two guys. And so I think that, and Butch Thompson alluded to this yesterday during his media availability, that not having Burkhalter last weekend forced some other guys to step up. He's really happy with what he's seen from Chase Alsup. He's really happy with John Armstrong coming back into the picture to pick up meaningful innings. Carson Swilling went out there and got a save. And so I feel like having more options that you trust out of the bullpen is going to give this Auburn team more flexibility late to keep the game close so that this offense can go out there and do what they do best, which is score runs late, come from behind, and get Auburn the victory. Talking to Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects and a writer for Auburn Daily covering Auburn baseball. Auburn coming into this series this weekend. They got a midweek victory against Troy. Didn't have to sweat it too much. What did you see in that matchup against Troy on Tuesday night? So, one, the entire offense working as expected, clicking on all cylinders. But the thing that I was really happy to see was Blake Burkhalter get out there and actually appear. First time he had thrown since game one where he hurt the hamstring against Tennessee. And he goes out there, gets the final out of the eighth inning, looked a little shaky. He hit a guy before that, wasn't quite spotting the cutter. And so we found out yesterday from the coaching staff that he went back in the, in the dugout and said, I want another inning. I want to go back out there. He went out there and looked like himself. 95-mile-an-hour four-seam fastballs, cutter to both sides of the plate, uh, working on all cylinders. So – that was the biggest takeaway for me is just seeing that he's back to 100% and he's back to the form of the guy that's leading the SEC in stage. And, Lindsey, obviously the strength of this, of this Auburn baseball team is the offense. They have one of the best hitters in all of college baseball with Sonny Deshera. What do they have to do this weekend uh, to show up against Alabama for them to be successful? So one of the big things for this Auburn team, and we've seen them – be great at this sometimes and struggle with this sometimes is plate recognition. We've uh, sorry, pitch recognition. We've seen situations where they've been too eager to take a pitch, take a borderline pitch uh, and strike out looking. And this Alabama team 
the not the greatest pitching, but they all kind of have decent control, and they're good at putting the ball where they want to be. So this Auburn offense needs to be aggressive. Uh, and they need to not be looking to take pitches, but swinging at anything close and uh, putting the ball in play. Because when Auburn puts the ball in play, good things are going to happen. Talking to Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects and writer for Auburn Daily covering Auburn baseball. Two series left for Auburn in the SEC play. They have Alabama at home this weekend before traveling to Kentucky next weekend before the SEC tournament will take place. What would be a successful run for Auburn in these next two SEC series before we start breaking down the Alabama series? So something that we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks now has been if you want to have a top four seed in the SEC tournament and you want to have uh, a regional hosting spot, you probably have to get to 18 wins. Uh, you were able to get pick up two against the combination of Arkansas and Tennessee. So for this stretch and the Kentucky stretch, the hope is going to be to get five SEC wins out of that. I don't want to be naive and think you're going to sweep your rival. That happens so rarely because of the emotion involved in this. But if Auburn can win two out of three this weekend and then go into Kentucky, handle business there, they can hit that magic number of 18 wins before they get to the SEC tournament so that they, one, don't have a winner go home and on the first day of the tournament, but then two, they can also get a home seed for the regionals. And Lindsay, before they get to that Kentucky series, like you said, they've got to get some wins against Alabama starting tonight at Plainsman Park. What does Auburn need to do well to be successful against the Crimson Tide starting tonight at Plainsman Park? Yeah, so this, this Alabama team is one that isn't overpowering on offense. A lot of what they do They've got some power, they've got some speed, but most of what they do is they just rely on getting the ball in play, putting pressure on the opposing team. And so one of Auburn's mantras they've had all year has been dominate the routine play. So Auburn needs to go out there, play solid defense, make plays on the balls that are hit, keep Alabama off the base pass. And I think that catcher Nate LaRue is going to be a big part of this simply because of how good his arm is and how much he can control the running game from behind the plate. If Auburn can keep excess runners off the bases, if they can play solid defense when the ball gets put in the play, they should be able to handle this Alabama squad and go home with a win tonight. And, Lindsay, you were talking about the emotions in such a big rivalry matchup, Auburn-Alabama. Of course, we all know how big the emotions get in a series like this. How big is game one tonight for the emotion side, no matter who wins, whether it's Auburn or Alabama? So game one's probably going to be the tone setter for the entire series. And Auburn needs to come out firing tonight because they don't have their usual Friday night starter. Hayden Mullins has been that guy for most of the SEC schedule. Obviously got hurt in that Tennessee series, didn't start last week, isn't going to start again this week, may get to appear out of the bullpen, we don't know. But Auburn needs to come out uh, strong behind Mason Barnett, show him the support, uh, both run support and crowd support, so that Alabama can feel the pressure of being in a hostile environment and the pressure of being behind in the series. Winner of the game tonight is probably going to be the favorite to win the weekend. So Auburn needs to come out and get a quick start tonight. Talking to Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects and writer for Auburn Daily covering Auburn baseball. Of the three starters this weekend going for Auburn, which one do you think needs to have the best game for Auburn to have a chance, not just to win that game, but the series itself? Uh, it's, pro it's probably going to be Trace Bright. So 
Game two starter Trace Bright is a guy that we've seen hasn't had the greatest win-loss record this year simply because of the way a lot of the games have broken. But he feels to me to be the deciding factor in the series. Joseph Gonzalez, last week, notwithstanding against Arkansas, has been pretty locked down in that third um, starting role. Ground ball guy gets a lot of uh, balls in play, but the defense hoovers him up. I feel confident with Mason Barnett, the velocity that he can show on a Friday night. Uh, Trace Bright's the one that's going to need to make sure that he's not overthrowing and overpitching, but rather he's going out there and taking what the game gives him. And if he can lock down game two, especially by going late in the game and saving some of the bullpen for game three, I think that's Auburn's best recipe to hopefully get a series sweep there. And Lindsay, tell tell our listeners where Auburn stands when it comes to the chances of them hosting a regional in a couple of weeks at home. Okay, so so depending on which website, which projections you look at now, Auburn is somewhere projected to be a national eight seed or a nine seed. Uh, kind of varies back and forth, but the thing there is, if you can walk down a top sixteen national seed you get a home regional. If you can walk down a top eight seed, you are not only a home regional, but if you win, you're guaranteed to host the super regional. A lot of that's going to come down to, one, the performance these next two weekends, but then two, RPI. So Auburn needs some of their common opponents, some of the teams that they have played to all have good weekends as well. Uh, Auburn does not need to worry about the standings in the SEC West because they have tiebreakers over every team ahead of them, except for Arkansas. But uh, right now, as it's projected, Auburn should be hosting a regional, but we don't know whether or not they would be at home for the Super Regional. Well, Lindsay, we appreciate you and your time and all of your insight about Auburn baseball. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all of the work you do on all your platforms. Absolutely. So I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. And my show, Locked on MLB Prospects, is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can get Locked on MLB Prospects wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And you can check out the Auburn baseball writing on AuburnDaily.com. Well, man, we appreciate you and your time coming on again on short notice. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great weekend, man. You too. Thanks a lot. War Eagle. We're going to you as well. That was Lindsey Crosby, again, the host of Locked On MLB Prospects and also a writer for Auburn Daily covering Auburn baseball. We appreciate him and his time. Great insight about Auburn baseball preparing us for the upcoming series this weekend against Alabama. In hour number two at 3.30, we're going to have Austin Hannon. He is the sports editor for the Crimson White over in Tuscaloosa. He is an Alabama beat baseball writer excuse me Alabama baseball writer for the Crimson White over in Tuscaloosa we're going to have him on at 3 30 to get his insights on the upcoming baseball series between Auburn and Alabama from the Alabama perspective we'll see what he can tell us about Alabama baseball how they can try to respond as they've been kind of sliding a little bit as of late during this season so make sure you stay tuned for that that'll be at 3 30 Austin Hannon the sports editor of the Crimson White over in Tuscaloosa again big thank you to Lindsey Crosby the host of Locked On MLB Prospects and a writer for Auburn Daily covering Auburn baseball when we come back I'm going to give you my picks for the series this weekend, what I think Auburn needs to do well against Alabama to get the series win, possibly a sweep against their in-state rivals. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Friday edition of On the Line.
Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of On the Line. We've got about five more minutes before we head to the 3 o'clock break here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Silicaga. Big thanks to Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects and writer for Auburn Daily covering Auburn baseball. He was on during the last segment to talk about Auburn baseball and what to expect uh, and also what they need to do this weekend to try to beat Alabama in some big time games over at Plainsman Park for Auburn baseball against Alabama. So if you missed any of that conversation, go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. So again, about five more minutes before we head to the three o'clock break. And I'm going to give you my picks and sort of my predictions for what I think is going to happen against for Auburn baseball against Alabama this weekend. Look, you heard Lindsey talk about it. These are some must wins for Auburn in the next couple of weeks because not that they are in uh, in in a in a spot to where they're going to miss the postseason. Uh, now, if they you know if they if they get like swept twice and lose first game of the SEC tournament, I don't know. But when you're looking at it for Auburn from Auburn's perspective, Auburn's trying to host a regional and not just do that. There's a slim chance that Auburn can host the super regional if they were to win that first regional. So. There's a lot on the line, no pun intended, for what is coming up for Auburn in the next couple of weekends. They've got Alabama at home this weekend, and then they travel to Kentucky next weekend to play the Wildcats in the last SEC series of the year before heading to Hoover for the SEC tournament. When you look at this weekend specifically, this is an Alabama team that has been sliding down over the past few years. They just, or, uh, excuse me, over the past few weeks, they just got swept by South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. And look, this team has struggled as of late, and they don't have the best pitching staff. They're pretty consistent, though. They are consistent, and they're not great, but again, consistent and. They play like Lindsey Crosby was just telling us. They play for the ball in play. They just want to get it in play, and they want to try and make the routine play and get you out like that. And Auburn's got to be able to play to their strength, Auburn's own strength, and hit the ball. Hit the baseball. Get, get guys on base, whether you're walking, hit by pitch, or hitting the ball. Get guys on base, and then take advantage of it. What I don't want to see this weekend from Auburn is a bunch of guys left on base. That's not what I want to see at all because when you get like that on Alabama, you've got to take advantage of it because your opportunities are going to come. Auburn is the better team here, folks. Auburn is the better team against Alabama this weekend. Auburn should win this series this weekend. Do I think Auburn will sweep Alabama? No, I don't. I don't think Auburn gets the sweep for a couple of reasons. One, it's hard to sweep in the SEC. It's hard. It is extremely hard to sweep another SEC opponent, no matter who it is or where it is. That's hard to do. Uh, you know, SEC baseball, all the teams are pretty good. Whether they're Even if they're not good on paper or not good in the record, they're still going to play you tough. So I don't think Auburn sweeps for that reason. Also, this is a rivalry series. This is Auburn-Alabama. I know it's not football. I know it's not even basketball. But this is still... Auburn, Alabama, and it's Auburn baseball, Alabama baseball. Emotions are going to be high, and the intensity is going to be high. All of that is going to be high. And so 
both teams are going to show up tonight and this weekend wanting to just absolutely murder the other team on the scoreboard. That is what's going to happen. Both teams are going to have that mindset. And if the other one doesn't, the other one's going to take advantage. And you're going to see a nasty series from one of the sides. If the other team doesn't show up, the other team's going to put it on them and not think twice about it. So I think that is another reason why you're not going to see either team sweep this weekend. I think Auburn wins the series. I like Auburn to win two out of three this weekend. I like Auburn to win tonight and on Sunday. That's my prediction. I like Auburn to win tonight and on Sunday. Saturday, almost a coin flip, right? I think Saturday is a coin toss. I would love to see Auburn sweep. If Auburn could get the sweep, then they're in a really good spot to get to that magic number 18 like Lindsey Crosby was just talking to us about. If they get to that magic number 18, they're in a really good spot. If you can somehow sweep Alabama this weekend at your home place, that takes a little bit of pressure off of you at Kentucky next weekend. And that's a Kentucky team that has been one of the bottom teams in the SEC East. So you have a a chance to do some damage on the road next weekend. But you can't worry about that yet. You've got to take Alabama this weekend, take advantage, take control, and beat Alabama on your home field. If you can get that done, you're going to be just fine. And I think Auburn can do so. I don't like them to sweep. I hope they do, but I don't think they will. And... But I do like them to, to get two wins this weekend. I really do. And if you can do that, you're in a great spot if you're Auburn baseball. We'll see if they can do it. I've got Auburn winning two out of three this weekend on Friday and on Sunday. That's it for hour number one. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. You're listening to On the Line. are on the line live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3. Up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Happy Friday the 13th. Hope you're all doing well. No matter where you're listening, I appreciate you tuning in to the Friday edition of On the Line. Beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. It is Friday the 13th, the only one of the year. So if you're a little superstitious, a little worried about that, don't be. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's just another day. Just another day. But hope you're all doing well. Hope you've had a great week. Congratulations. You have made it. The weekend is oh so close. It's so close. You can see it. Just a few more hours and you're there to the weekend. So hope you have a great weekend and some great plans for the upcoming weekend. If you missed any of our number one, just search on the line. Wherever you get your podcast, it'll be uploaded immediately following today's show. You can go and find that wherever you get your podcast. We had Lindsey Crosby, the host of Locked On MLB Prospects and writer for Auburn Daily covering Auburn baseball. He was on during hour number one to talk about this Auburn baseball series against Alabama tonight. And if you missed any of that, 
Go and find the podcast. Just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. We've got a phone call real quick. Let me take that, and we'll be right back. You're listening to On The Line. All right, sorry about that. We're back. Uh, calling for a little bit of information, so it's all good. We're back here on the Friday edition of On The Line. Thank you for being so patient and, and uh, staying with me as I handled a phone call. Uh, someone calling into the show asking about some of the tickets we were giving away yesterday. So we are back here on the Friday edition of On The Line. Again, if you missed the, any part of today's show or any other show, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. If you want to call in, be a part of the show here on this Friday afternoon, I'd love to hear from you give me a call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 you can call and be a part of the show talk about anything on your mind in the sports world anything we've talked about already here on the friday edition of on the line call in 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 Let's start hour number two like we always do with making headlines. We'll jump right into it here. Auburn baseball tonight against Alabama. They start a three-game series at home over at Plainsman Park starting tonight, Friday, and they will wrap up on Sunday afternoon. Big series for Auburn this weekend against Alabama. A, it's your rival, so you've got to beat them, right? You've got to beat your rival uh, when you're playing them, especially Alabama. You're at home. If you're Auburn, you've got to take advantage of that as well. And there's a lot on the line tonight when it comes to what Auburn can do for themselves if they win this series tonight. And starting tonight and this weekend, Auburn's 13-11 and in conference play. They've got three games against Alabama. Again, starting tonight, over at Plainsman Park. First game tonight, 7.30. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, and wrapping up on Sunday at 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon over at Plainsman Park. Auburn baseball's got a real chance to do something special, folks. They have a chance to host a regional and then a slim chance to host a super regional, but Auburn's not probably not too worried about that second one just yet because they are still trying to get a top four seed in the SEC tournament. They're also trying to host a regional, which would be big time for Auburn's postseason chances to move on. If you can stay home and host other teams for the regional and not have to go anywhere, I mean, that's big time in postseason play. Just think about how big that is, where if you don't have to travel, you can sleep in your own bed, you play at your own house, you know, you play at your own place. So many factors go into being at home once the postseason starts. So Auburn baseball fighting to get that chance, but they've got to pick up some wins and they have a good chance to do so with some of the weaker opponents in the SEC starting with this Alabama Crimson Tide team who comes in tonight as you know one of the one of the bottom teams in the SEC especially as of late when it comes to their baseball program and and look when you look at Alabama's record and you look at the last couple of series that they've had it hasn't been their best work and you look at their record uh, in conference play, they're 10 and 14, 27 and 22 overall. So they're four games below 500 in the SEC. In their last two SEC series, Alabama got swept against South Carolina at South Carolina. They came home last weekend 
and they lost two of three against LSU. And it doesn't get any easier for this Alabama team. They have to come to, to Auburn this weekend and then home against Arkansas next weekend. So doesn't get any easier for Alabama baseball. But Auburn, they don't care. They're looking to make their lives miserable this weekend at Plainsman Park. Auburn needs to get two out of three, no doubt, this weekend. You're better than Alabama. You're the better team. You have better pitching, better hitting, better coaches, everything Auburn baseball has better than Alabama. There is no reason you can't get two wins this weekend against the Crimson Tide. I look for Auburn to be to have a chance to get the sweep on Sunday with Gonzalez on the mound. I look for that chance. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I don't think that happens. I think Auburn gets two out of three, and they should. But Auburn should have a chance to win and sweep this weekend I think Auburn wins Friday Sunday I think they'll drop the Saturday game if I had to pick one that they would lose Uh, but I I hope Auburn sweeps that would be tremendous for Auburn it would really catapult them into a position where they could have a really good chance to host a regional with a couple of wins next weekend at Kentucky but that's tonight Auburn and this weekend Auburn has a series against Alabama starting at Plainsman Park at 7 30 tonight right here in Auburn Moving on with making headlines, yesterday, of course, Julian Phillips, he committed to play at Tennessee, but why did he do so? There's a lot of reasons, uh, you know, a lot of reasons he may have done it, but really, what does this mean for Auburn moving forward? We talked about this, you know, a little bit as the week has gone on, and, um, you know, what does this mean for Auburn moving forward? Right, what does this mean for the Auburn basketball program moving forward that Julian Phillips committed to Tennessee? It means Auburn's still going to be just fine. Auburn's going to be just fine, even though they didn't get Julian Phillips. Did they want to get the five-star wing, the number 12 player in the entire country? Yes, absolutely. Auburn was, was right there. Auburn was the favorite. They had all of the predictions, and I think they were in it until he, he put the other hat on. I, I really think that. I think Auburn was in it until they weren't, right at the very end. And But Auburn's going to be okay. That's That's what I'm talking about here. Auburn's going to be okay. The Auburn basketball program is not going to fall apart because they didn't get one recruit. Yes, they wanted him. Yes, they would have liked to have him, but they didn't need him. Tennessee, on the other hand, needed Julian Phillips because look at Tennessee's roster compared to Auburn's roster right now. There's a major difference. There's a major difference, a major drop-off from all or from Tennessee with Auburn. Auburn is way ahead of Tennessee in recruiting, talent, coaching right now. There's no doubt about it. So, Tennessee needed a guy like Julian Phillips and I think he's going to do very well over there and I think Tennessee is going to do well with him. And I hope they do. I you know, I hope Julian Phillips has a great career. I don't have anything against him. Nobody should. He just made the decision that was best for him and you can't really hate on him for that. So, he made the decision best for him. Whatever those reasons may be, NIL, playing time, his so-called relationship with Rick Barnes, you know, you can believe that if you want. And he, he made the decision that was best for him. Auburn is going to be just fine. The basketball program will continue to have a lot of success. They will continue to get big-time recruits. They're also going to continue to win. Auburn's also going to continue to compete for championships. And Auburn is still going to continue to put guys in the NBA. That is what is going to happen. Julian Phillips, he would have been another one. But you know what? He wanted to go play at Tennessee, and that's just fine. Let him do so. But Auburn is going to be just fine without Julian Phillips. 
Moving on with making headlines, the SEC softball tournament moves on, and it just continues to go. And it's down in Gainesville, Florida this year, and of course Auburn got knocked out on Wednesday. They got knocked out game one on Wednesday, which was tough. They lost one to nothing against a Missouri team that was was the seventh seed in the SEC tournament. Auburn was the ten seed. They lost one to nothing on Wednesday, and that Missouri team, after blanking Auburn one nothing, they did the exact same thing. They turned around the very next day and did the exact same thing against Alabama. They beat Alabama three to nothing yesterday. Blanked them three nothing. Alabama was the two seed in that SEC softball tournament. Arkansas was the one seed. Alabama was the two seed. Missouri beats them 3-0. They beat Auburn. They turn around and beat Alabama on the next day. Very, very impressive. And as of right now, Missouri is on top of Tennessee, the third-ranked softball team in the SEC tournament. Missouri playing extremely well right now. They're up 1-0 on Tennessee in the top of the fourth. Winner of that will move on to play in the championship game against the winner of Arkansas and Florida. That game will be tomorrow at 5 o'clock, Saturday, May 14th at 5 o'clock. So Missouri having a heck of a run through the SEC softball tournament right now. They beat Auburn 1-0. They turn around, beat Alabama 3-0. They're currently on top of Tennessee 1-0. So we'll see if Missouri can hold up. And uh, when we come back on Monday, we'll give you the results of who is your SEC softball tournament champion. Moving on with one more headline here as we continue on with making headlines. The NBA playoffs continue to roll on. And yesterday we had two, two basketball games. One was an elimination. The other, the series has been extended. In game one, the Miami Heat take down the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly in game six. They take the series four to two with a 99 to 90 victory. Joel Embiid, he did all he could do for the 76ers. He carried this team through just about everything. He had, uh, let's see, 20 points yesterday on 7 of 24 shooting, so not great shooting for Joel Embiid. Had 12 rebounds, though, and Tyrese Maxey had 20 points. Tobias Harris had 14. James Harden had 11. But here's the stats that really are confusing. He only went 4 of 9 from the field. He only shot 9 times. In the second half, he only made like one or two baskets. He was a non-factor in the second half, James Harden was. A non-factor. And that's not okay if you're Philly. You traded for this man for his offensive ability. You traded for him for his offensive skill set to give you that edge over a team like Miami. And James Harden just says, eh, eh, I'm going to disappear in the biggest game of the year. He only dropped 11 points. I know he's not going to be the quote-unquote Houston James Harden, and drop 30 or 40, but you expect him to drop 20 or more and shoot the ball more than nine times in an elimination game. With the game on the line, he should have the ball in his hands. Let's just be honest. James Harden should have the ball in his hands, and he didn't yesterday. He did not yesterday. And that's a problem. That's a major problem if you're Philadelphia. And so now you've got to figure out what you're going to do in this offseason. You fall short yet again. Miami moves on to the Eastern Conference Finals. They will await the winner of Boston and Milwaukee. That game is tomorrow. That game is tonight, excuse me. But one more game that happened last night. The Phoenix Suns not able to close out the Dallas Mavericks. They force a Game 7. Mavericks win 113-86. to They force a Game 7 in Phoenix on Sunday afternoon. 
and a big-time win. Dallas, they are just a gritty team, man. They get it done. They figure it out. Luka had 33 points. He put the team on his back. And look, Dallas is a gritty team. They get it done. They force a Game 7 against Phoenix in Phoenix on Sunday. And two games tonight before we head to our first break here in hour number two. Tonight, big game sixes in Milwaukee and in Golden State. Boston down 2-3. They visit Milwaukee trying to force a game seven back in Boston. That game 6-30 on ESPN. Celtics at Bucks. Uh, the Bucks up 3-2. And then Golden State, they host the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies down 2-3. They are also trying to force a game seven back in their home place. That game is 9 o'clock tonight on ESPN NBA playoffs heating up and uh, look it's coming down to the wire you've got some game sevens coming along you've got some of the next series that are about to get started the conference finals and then of course the finals in just a couple of weeks that's it for making headlines let's take our first break here in hour number two if you want to call in be a part of the show I'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 you're listening to the Friday edition of On the Line Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. Happy Friday, beautiful day. They uh, decided to start cutting the grass outside here at Auburn Network. So hopefully that sound is not too, uh, doesn't get picked up too much. They picked a really bad time to start doing that, but hey. You know, it is what it is. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. But hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. If you missed any of today's show, just go and find the podcast. Search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Earlier this week, it was Wednesday afternoon, I believe, up in Birmingham, the region's tradition. It's the golf tournament. It's like a pro-am, basically. A lot of um, a lot of big names in Alabama and Alabama sports. Uh, Nick Saban, Bo Jackson, uh, Brian Harson was there as well. They go and play. They play a little bit of golf and raise money uh, for different events and different uh, different organizations and that type of thing. Brian Harson was there on Wednesday. He was there uh, with playing, you know, playing golf with Charles Barkley, those types of guys, and you know. You know, it's it's one of those events that that he doesn't have to be there technically, right? Technically, he doesn't have to go do that. It was a Wednesday afternoon. It was in Birmingham, and he took the entire day, went up there, played in this tournament, and you know, this wasn't like an, a serious golf tournament. They do it to raise money for different organizations and stuff like that, but. I think it's a fantastic thing that Brian Harson is up there doing things like this. I'm sure this isn't the only one that he's done, but this was the most recent that had some social media coverage. And you saw, you know, you saw him out and about engaging with the fans, engaging with the community. I think that's a big part of what he's trying to do, especially after everything that went down in February, right? Everything that happened to his name. And he's trying to to fix that. Not that he was accused of anything because he wasn't, but it definitely tarnished his reputation a little bit. Not on his fault, not by his doing, obviously, but he is trying to get his face out in the community, get his voice into the community, and I think that's a huge deal. And I think that's a big, big move by Brian Harson. 
No, he did not go to this golf tournament to raise money for these, for these different organizations because he was selfish. That's not what I'm saying. But it definitely is smart for him to be doing things like this, especially in the Birmingham area where it's so clustered with so many people and Tuscaloosa being obviously closer to Birmingham than Auburn is. You've got to get your face out there, but not just for your fans, right? Not just for your fans. Yes, it's fantastic for Brian Harson to be out there and, and for him to be seen and be able to be at an event where fans can show up and talk to him and shake his hand and take pictures with him. That is all extremely important. But you know what else? You know what else this does? This shows a personal side of Brian Harson Because again, he can go and take pictures. He can shake hands. People can meet him. People can see who he is off of the football field. I think that's a big, big deal. And I think it it speaks volumes to what he's trying to do at Auburn because there was a lot of people that didn't like him. There was a lot of people that didn't want him here. And especially with everything going on, when when all of that went down, there was a lot of people calling for his job, calling for his head, if you will. But that is now over. And he's trying to build something special at Auburn. And he understands and he realizes It doesn't just take good football players to do that. It doesn't just take good football players to make a good football program. You've got to have the fan support. You've got to have that. That is so important. And I think more and more, week by week, we're starting to see that some more. Do you agree with that? I think so. I think we're starting to see that. I think we're starting to see the fans back Brian Harson and back this football program because of things like this when he goes out to events like this and makes his presence known and not just recruiting he's not just about football he's not just about football this shows a side of him where he's not talking about recruits and he's not talking about football and he's not talking about the upcoming season He can go out and be with some of the other famous people from around the state, famous sports figures from around the state, and he can help raise money for different organizations at a Pro-Am golf tournament in Birmingham. So I think it's big time that he went and did something like that and continues to do stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he is still a football coach. He still has a program to run. So maybe when he was up there, Maybe he took a couple trips to some high schools around there. Maybe he went to Hewitt Trustful. Maybe he went to Hoover. Maybe he went to Spain Park. Maybe he went to some of these schools that are around there and just maybe poked his head in the door and said, hey, I'm still here. We're still interested in your school. We know you guys have still got players. We're still here. I was in the neighborhood. Maybe I should, you know, just wanted to stop by and say, hey, to the head coach, right? That's important for Brian Harson to do those types of things. So maybe maybe he was up there at that golf tournament but also did a little, you know, nonchalant recruiting in their Birmingham area because we know how much talent comes through that area. Uh, out of all of those big high schools up there, we know the type of talent that's up there in Birmingham. We know that. Look at the talent that comes through there on a yearly basis. So maybe he was able to do something like that. Maybe he also recruited a little bit while he was up there. And I say nonchalantly recruiting because I doubt he was, that wasn't a recruiting trip. But like I said, maybe he just kind of poked his head in. Hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Hope you're all doing well type of thing. I bet he did. I bet he did. Why wouldn't you? Why would you not do that? If you're up there, 
why not go to some of those big schools where you know you've got some players that are interested in you and just, you know, poke, uh, literally, just poke your head in. Just stay. Just say hey for a second. Just so they know that you are interested and you're not just interested when you need something or need somebody or need a player, right? Those are important things you have to do as a head coach. You've got to build those relationships with these kids, with these coaches, and with these schools because that was one thing we heard a lot of reports about this, about this football program and about this football coaching staff that they weren't doing to start, the, to start their, their careers here, to start their coaching careers here. That's what we heard, and that's what we were finding out, is they weren't doing those types of things. They weren't going to high schools. They weren't made, or making relationships with coaches. They weren't doing any of that, and it was hurting them. You saw how recruiting went for a while. It was not good. It was not good at all. But now he's starting to do things like that because Brian Harson, I think, has figured it out. I think he's figured it out. And doing things like going to the region's open golf pro-am in Birmingham. Yeah, he maybe have had better things to do on a Wednesday afternoon, but he did it, he put a smile on his face, and he may have enjoyed it. I don't know. I'm not saying it was a miserable experience for him. I'm just saying he would probably have other things he could have done, but he decided to take that day out of his schedule to go up and do something like that, to put his face in the community, to shake some hands, put a smile on your face, and possibly dip into some of these high schools just to say what's up. I hope he did that. I really do. I hope he did that, and I'm sure he did. No, he probably wasn't taking pictures and wasn't putting it out on social media because he doesn't need to do that every time. But I guarantee he went to some of those schools just to, just to say, hey, I'm in the neighborhood, and I hope he did. And so with all of that being said, he's getting community engagement. It shows a personal side. He's not just a football coach. He can be a normal human being because he is. And it gives him a great chance to, to kind of, you know, backburn recruit. You know, you're not necessarily recruiting, but you're saying, hey, remember us? Remember me? Yeah, we're still here. Don't forget about us. Just wanted to say, hey. All of those things come together all just by going to a golf tournament. That's all it is. It's a golf tournament, but there's so much more, and it's so much more important than just a golf tournament. You saw the video of him, and if you did, I highly recommend you go and find it. He went up to a, there was a kid's lemonade stand, and I apologize, I don't know the exact organization that it was. It was a kid's organization that he gave, he went up, and they were selling dollar cups of lemonade, right? They were selling cups of lemonade for a dollar, raising money, and he gave up and, and he gave a $100 bill. He gave a $100 bill and said, hey, I want a cup of lemonade and for 99 of my friends that come after me. Yeah, it was caught on video. I think he would have done it anyway. But little things like that. Yes, he gave $100. Obviously, he makes a lot of money, so the money wasn't the issue. He did that to help them, though. But that speaks volumes, folks. Those types of actions speak volumes. They speak volumes to, to fans, to recruits, to other coaches, to parents. All of that, little acts of kindness like that can get you a long way in this business, in the business that he's in for sure, and especially in the Birmingham area. I think all he did was go to a golf tournament, but I think he got a lot more out of it than that. And not just this event, but anything that he does like that is only going to help him. It's only going to help him. 
So credit to Brian Harson and everybody else that was there too. I know that's a great, a great event, raises a lot of good money, and gets a lot of exposure for a lot of different groups and people. Good for Brian Harson. He's doing the right things. We've talked about Auburn baseball. We're going to have an Alabama writer coming on. Stay tuned. Austin Hannon, the sports editor of the Crimson White, is going to come on and tell us how Alabama can pull the upset this weekend. Stay tuned. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Friday edition of the show. We've got 30 more minutes before the weekend, folks. So stay tuned. Hang on. The weekend's so close. We're so close. Hope you have a great Friday. Hope you had a great week. And I hope you have some great weekend plans as well. 30 more minutes left in the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Welcoming a new guest here on the show, Austin Hannon, the sports editor of the Crimson White. Austin, how are things in Tuscaloosa, my man? Uh, they're pretty good. You know, it's, it's spring, so it's not football season quite yet, but there, there's a lot of excitement around the baseball team still as the season's coming to an end here. Well, absolutely. We're 113 days away from football season, in case you were wondering. From September 3rd, it's 113 days. We have officially started the countdown over here in Auburn, man. I'm sure, yeah. It's the same way over here. Um, you know, the softball team this week, that's kind of the big thing during the spring. They fell yesterday in the SEC tournament quarterfinal, which was kind of a shock. I believe it was the first time since 1999 that Alabama lost in the first round of the SEC tournament on a softball field. So, yeah, yeah, the football countdown's got to be starting here soon if the softball team can't pick it up. Absolutely. Well, hey, that softball team, they lost to Missouri, the same team that beat Auburn the day before, and that Missouri team is currently beating Tennessee one to nothing. They're in a lightning delay, but both of our softball programs got beat by the same team. So, you know, it is what it is. But bringing you on to talk about a little Alabama baseball as they get underway tonight here in Auburn against the Tigers. Uh, up to this point in the season, this Alabama team is – Four games under 500. Uh, what has happened throughout the season to this Alabama team to this point that has gotten them to to a record that they're probably not extremely happy with? Well, they were ranked at one point. It was after it was right after the series in Oxford. Ole Miss was number seven. Alabama went in there, swept them. Ever since then, Ole Miss has never been the same team. They're not going to make the tournament. They might not make the SEC tournament. And that was kind of a big thing for Alabama. They swept Ole Miss on the road, top ten team. They then come home, beat Belmont. They go to Knoxville, win on Friday night, and everybody's like, hold up. Like, this, is, this might be a real thing here. Tennessee follows up, beats the crap out of them twice, and then everything kind of fell apart. You know, they haven't won an SEC series since, lost two out of three to Georgia, lost three to South Carolina, and then lost two out of three to LSU last weekend. So a little bit inconsistent. I think starting pitching was really the strength of this team towards the beginning to the middle of the season, and that's kind of – They've kind of fallen apart a little bit. The batting order's kind of been inconsistent, up and down. Some players have good games, some don't. It's just been kind of a twisty-turny thing, just like the basketball season was. And, you know, you beat some good teams, and then you lose to some bad teams, and now you're sitting on the outside looking in. And, Austin, you know, tell me, you know, tell us what happened in the South Carolina series where they got swept, and then in the LSU series last weekend where they fell two out of three to the Tigers. Yeah, the pitching. It, it, we, we trusted Garrett McMillan, our Friday starter, for most of the year. He's been great. And then as of late, he just – and it's all about – that game was on a Thursday in, in Columbia. But it's all about how you start the series, I think. And when you 
give up six runs to a South Carolina team that had lost a bunch of games in a row. They were at the bottom of the conference. And you go there thinking, hey, we're still in a good position after that Georgia series. We got one, but we need to go in here to Columbia and beat this team, at least two out of three. Then one thing leads to another. You get swept. And so the last weekend, you come home and get a great LSU team, and you kind of need to win the series. And that's, that's putting yourself in a tough position because when you play in the SEC, you don't have to beat all the great teams if you're like an Alabama team, like that kind of level. If you beat the teams you're supposed to beat and then maybe eke out one over every other series against these top 10 teams and beat your midweek games, then you got a chance to make the tournament every year, year in, year out. And that's what Alabama did last year. They won the games they were supposed to. They picked up a couple big wins. And they were able to sneak in as one of the last teams in. And right now, because even though they have some good wins, because they've lost to to some worse teams, that they're in a tough spot than they were last year. Talking to Austin Hannon, sports editor of the Crimson White, what type of baseball does this team play, I guess more specifically, the strengths and the weaknesses of this Alabama baseball team to this point in the season? Not a big home run team. You know, that's kind of the way baseball is going at every level. Alabama likes to, they like to just stack the bases and get hit. They want to single, single, single. And at times this year, they've done a great job of picking up hits. Just Wednesday night or Tuesday night, they got 18 hits against Jacksonville State. That was a season high. And so you think, can the bats get going? The problem with Alabama all year has been they've gotten the guys on base. It's what they do when they get on base. We've had multiple games where we've left the bases bases loaded two or three times. You got guys on second and third with one out, and you're getting nothing after striking out two two guys in a row. And so it's just, it's about getting the runners in. We're getting them on base. We're just not getting the big hits. And it's, it's, it really is that's the most frustrating thing in all of baseball, I think. And Austin, who are a couple players on this Alabama baseball team that up to this point in the season have had a season that you would like to highlight and also players that Auburn and Auburn fans should keep their eye on uh, this weekend at Plainsman Park? So he's going to be in right field probably all weekend. He played a little bit of center early in the year. Andrew Pinckney. Uh, has been by far the best player in SEC play for Alabama on either side of the ball. He's been a great fielder. He's thrown out multiple guys trying to get from second to third. He's just been on a tear at the plate. He's up to 315 average, 928 OPS. Um, and he, he's really a guy that coming into, I think, his junior year, he was mostly a fielder. And it, all of a sudden in SEC play, he's learned how to hit the ball, and he's been the most reliable bat in the lineup. And Coach Bohannon's moved him around. He's had him hit second. He's had them hit in the bottom of the lineup trying to fit, flip the lineup around to see where it'll work best but Andrew Pickney look out for him he's been great uh Drew Williamson seniors really come on an FTC play first base and then of course Zane Denton he's the stat leader for most of the offensive categories he's a little bit of a guy that you know the new traditional way of baseball not the greatest average but if you got guys on base he's always good to give you a double or a home run so look out for Zane Denton at third base and I, I think Owen Diodati is one of those guys that a lot of people have been really looking forward to this year because he's got a lot of power, um, but he's down to 240. And, you know, there's just a lot of guys like that in the Alabama Alliance that are just, they're hitting high average, but they're just not getting, they're not high in the OPS category or the slugging category because they're just getting singles. And then the, and then three outs come and then the inning's over. So, yeah, keep your eye on Andrew Pinkney in the lineup. He's been great. And, of course, Zane Denton's always a powerful threat whenever you need him. Talking to Austin Hannon, sports editor of the Crimson White, what is your take on this Auburn baseball team and your preparation for this weekend uh, as Alabama travels to Auburn? What's your take on Auburn? You know, what has what your research told you about this Auburn team? Just really balanced on offense. I think that, that's what most Auburn fans, I'm sure, have seen this year. Of course, you got Sonny, 
I mean, he's OPS of 1414. I mean, you can't do much better than that. He's batting over 400. He's got 16 home runs. But other than that, I think Auburn's not really a power team. I think they're a team that just is really good at getting base hits. They've got eight guys, I think, that have 20 or more RBIs. Um, so just smart, a smart offensive baseball team that knows how to situationally hit, unlike Alabama at times. And you don't always have to hit home run balls. I mean, look at Auburn. They've got one guy with double-digit home runs. The next best is at six, I think, with Cole Foster. So it's not all about the home run always, and Auburn's kind of playing that, that old-school small ball on, on offense with the bounce lineup. And so as Alabama comes into Auburn this weekend, what is the mindset for this Alabama team as they have struggled down the stretch in SEC play? What's their mindset coming into Auburn this weekend? Got to win. You know, talking to – we talked to William Hamner, We talked to uh, Brock Guffey, a relief pitcher. They, they said the same thing. They said, hey, it's not – it's just like football. Everybody cares. It's a giant matchup for multiple reasons. It's a rivalry game. Everybody still drives on it. It doesn't matter if it's water polo. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If Alabama, Alabama and Auburn are playing, the eyes all around the state are going to be on it. That's right. People that might not watch college baseball, Alabama fans that are just big football fans or Auburn fans that are just football or basketball fans might tune in this weekend just because of the matchup. So they know the eyes are going to be on it. And they, they basically just said, yeah, like we, we need to come in here and win at least two because we put ourselves in a tough position. We're now hanging on to a Hoover bid and, you know, anything can happen there, but you have to make – you can't just make Hoover and just assume you're going to make the NCAA tournament. So I think these next two series, it's not going to be easy. You've got at Auburn this weekend, which is going to be tough itself, and then you've got to play Arkansas at home next week to finish it out. So they're looking at Arkansas next weekend. They're saying, hey, we kind of need to go into Auburn because Auburn's probably a little bit more of a weaker team than Arkansas. So if we're going to get wins, it probably needs to come this weekend. So they said, hey, we got to win, plain and simple. Got to get it all you got and just hope for the best. Well, I'm glad you bring up the rivalry part because that was going to be my next question. How big is it that it is one of the biggest rivalries with schools in the entire country? Not that it's just a rivalry, but Alabama's on the road this weekend. Yeah, and it, it, I see a lot of Alabama fans are going to Auburn. Um, it's just a big thing in the state. You know, we all know about the football rivalry. It's the biggest in the country. We all know the basketball has become a big thing with, with Oates and Pearl. And so baseball's the same. I mean, it's two young baseball teams with relatively new coaches. Auburn's coach, I think, has been there six or seven years. But relatively new programs that are kind of shifting back towards, you know, a little bit more successful times than they had, you know, a decade ago. And so people are getting excited about it. And, you know, the players feel the same way. A lot of the guys on both teams come from Alabama. They've been recruited by both schools. And so it's bragging rights, no matter what sport it is. These players know how big it is, and you know it's it's very exciting because it kind of gives it a different feel because it's Alabama and Auburn. And Austin, you hinted at Alabama's remaining schedule. Of course, Auburn this weekend, but then they have to play Arkansas next weekend. Two tough teams in the SEC. How does Alabama handle both of those teams, and ultimately, how do they be successful over over the next two weekends? I think successful, Jacob, would be three and three. All right, you take these two weekends, you say, let's win one series and maybe get one of the other ones. That's, I think that's your kind of best hope because chances are you're not going to win both series. You're not going to win four of the next six. So I think your goal, obviously, if you're one of the baseball players, your goal is to win all six. But I think from an Alabama baseball fan standpoint, I think going three and three over the next two weekends would be a very successful two weekends. People would notice and Alabama would be kind of more on the bubble again like they were a couple weeks ago. Talking to Austin Hannon, the sports editor for the Crimson White. Austin, how does Alabama be successful and pull off the upset this weekend in Auburn? 
starts tonight. You got to have you got to have a good outing on the mound from McMillan. You've got to have a good up and down lineup that can get hit. It's not going to take that much, you know. At times, McMillan's been very very reliable. So I think you get four or five runs tonight, either team, and you're going to win this baseball game. And once you win game one of the series, you kind of have a different mindset. You're like, okay, now we just need to win one of the next two on Saturday and Sunday, and it puts you in a better mindset rather than if you lose tonight, then you kind of feel like you're facing an uphill battle, and then one thing leads to another, you lose another game, and you could end up getting swept, which is kind of what happened to South Carolina a couple weekends ago. So I think it starts tonight, start first pitch, first inning. you got to go out there and, and be ready to fight with these Auburn Tigers. Well, Austin, we appreciate you and your time and all of your insight about Alabama baseball. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and all of your work. So, very active on Twitter as as the sports media world has kind of trended to these days at Austin underscore Hannon one on Twitter. I'll have updates, live updates, live tweets all weekend uh, for the series. I'll be posting nightly recaps and so on and so forth. And then, yeah, I think that's probably the best way too. So, follow me on Twitter. If you got any messages? send them over and yeah that, that's probably the best way to reach me just like you did well austin again i appreciate you i appreciate your time i hope to talk to you soon and uh, enjoy the series good luck absolutely that was austin hannon the sports editor for the crimson white over in tuscaloosa giving us a rundown of what to expect from this alabama baseball team as they travel and take on auburn this weekend over at plainsman park look it should be a fantastic series folks i think it's going to be really good i look for auburn again to get two out of three that's my prediction I think Auburn wins two out of three I don't see them getting the sweep just because it's such a tough matchup it's a rivalry series it's near the end of the year emotions are going to be high and it's tough to sweep in the SEC it's just tough to do so I look for Auburn to get two out of three but you heard Austin talk about it Alabama has that mindset too they may not be as good in the rankings or in the standings or record-wise but they feel that they can win this series. And so Alabama is going to be ready. Can Auburn be ready as well? And if they are, I think Auburn is the better team. They have better pitchers, better hitters, better coaches. I said it already. Auburn can win this series, but they can also lose this series. There's no doubt about it. I think they can lose the series too. If they're not ready and they don't show up, Alabama's good enough to win this series at at Auburn this weekend. The Tigers better be ready. That's all I can say. The Tigers better be ready because there's a lot riding on this series. Auburn needs these wins, but so does Alabama. And I think Alabama is entering the, the desperate times where they have a little bit more of an edge and a little bit more motivation because they have to have some of these wins. Because like Austin was talking about, they have to play Arkansas next weekend, a team that just beat Auburn last weekend. So Alabama's got to find some wins somewhere. They're going to try and do it this weekend against Auburn. The Tigers have to be ready because they need these wins also to try to boost their chances at hosting a regional and possibly a super regional. When we come back, we're going to have final take. Make sure you stay tuned. We're wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins wrapping up the Friday edition of the show. If you missed any of today's show, make sure you find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get 
your podcast. We've had two great guests on the show today. In hour one, it was Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects, and also a writer for Auburn Daily, uh, covering Auburn baseball. He came on to talk about Auburn baseball in the series against Alabama this weekend. And then in the last segment, we just got off the phone with Austin Hannon. He's the sports editor of the Crimson White. He came on to talk about the Alabama baseball team and to preview the series against Auburn this weekend from the other side. So two great writers and two great points, uh, points of view, if you will, uh, talking about this huge series at Plainsman Park for Auburn baseball this weekend against Alabama. So if you missed that or any other parts of the show, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It's been a great show today. We've had a lot to talk about, and I appreciate you all tuning in here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We've got final take for you. We've got about four minutes before we get out of here. And final take, I want to go trying to think of what direction I want to take this because there's a lot that we've talked about, especially related to Auburn with Julian Phillips and why he picked Tennessee over Auburn. Also talked about Brian Harson and doing his thing in the community. And here's my final take. My final take is Brian Harson from Auburn football, he is doing the right things, and he's doing them correctly. I think he is doing a great job at Auburn so far, non-football related. I think he's doing great football too, but I'm talking about off the field. I think he's doing the right things. He's out there. He's getting his face out there. He's introducing himself to coaches, which I know that's football, but I'm talking off of the field. He's introducing himself to big high school coaches, parents, players. He's going to events. He's shaking hands with a smile on his face. And he's not doing it as an act. I think he genuinely means it. I think he is doing it because he knows what it takes to be successful here at Auburn. Yes, you have to get recruits. Yes, you have to win football games. But there's a lot more you have to do to get to that point. If you don't do the other things right off the field, if you don't do the off the field things right, you will never be successful on the field. That's a fact. And my final take is I think Brian Harson is doing the off field things correctly right now. He wasn't originally, right? He was not originally. It took him some time to figure out how to do that. But I think now he has figured it out. He knows how to recruit not just looking at a football player and whether he can catch the ball or not. He has figured out, you've got to talk to the coaches. You've got to talk to the parents. You've got to talk to the kid. He's figured out he needs fan support if he wants to be successful. With fan support, it takes pressure off you and your job. It takes pressure off of you, excuse me, you and your program. If you have the fan support, then you can afford some mistakes. Because if the fans support you and you mess up or your team messes up, they're going to support you more than if they're against you and you mess up. They're just waiting for you to mess up. They're waiting on something wrong to happen and they're going to jump on you like a panther to a weak gazelle. They're going to do it. But he's fighting for those things right now. He is fighting for the fan support. He's fighting for the recruiting aspects. And I think he's doing all the things correctly. And we're going to find out come September 3rd and 113 days whether he's doing the the on-the-field stuff right, whether he's being the right coach, being the right developer. We're going to find out. 
We're 113 days away from the kickoff of college football. We're going to find out if all of these things come together off the field and on the field. And this season is be all tell all for Brian Harson and this football staff, this football staff and this football team. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows it. But my final take is I think Brian Harson is doing the off field things correctly and he's doing the right things. He wants to be here. He wants to be the coach here. He wants to be successful here. And he's figuring out how to do it. If he can survive this year, right? If he can survive this year, I think he will be here a long time because he's doing the off-field stuff correctly. He's doing the right stuff correctly off the field that leads to being successful on the field. I think so. He he has convinced me that that's what he's doing. He has convinced me that he wants to be here. He wants to do the right things for the right reasons. He's convinced me. Has he convinced you? That's the question I'm going to leave you with as we end the Friday edition of On the Line. Hope you have a great weekend. Catch some Auburn baseball if you can. We'll be back Monday, same time, same place. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.